Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's holiday special, whether or not to invite a difficult brother to a family do, coping with in-laws without using alcohol, dealing with a sibling fallout, and how to eliminate New Year resolution guilt. Dear Viv, I have a very awkward brother who seems to incite an explosive argument every time the whole family gets together. We both live in London, but we may as well be on different continents as we only see each other about four to six times a year, if that. He never calls, he never wants to see the kids, he never buys them birthday or Christmas presents. We all went away to Paris in June and he was prickly from the word go, eye-rolling at all the sightseeing but making no effort to suggest alternatives. The arguments are mainly between him and the female members of the family and usually revolve around how useless he thinks women are. He's always using stories from the news to support his low opinion. Don't get me started on his comments post-Weinstein. My husband just wants a nice holiday season with no stress. He likes my brother, but just wishes we'd all get on better. We're hosting a family dinner over the holidays and my husband would rather he didn't come, but my mum loyally wants to have him with us. How much slack should I be cutting him? He's 44 and never seems to learn to bite his tongue. I mean my brother, not my husband. First of all, Merry Christmas, everyone. Second of all, I really want to know what your brother said in defence of Weinstein. That has got to be entertaining at the very least. But bloody hell, what a nightmare. I don't want to pretend that this situation has an easy solution. It doesn't. You know that yourself. There are already a lot of contradictions in your letter that make this a tough one. I'm confused, for example, about your husband. You say he likes your brother... But then you say your husband would rather your brother didn't come. So which is it? If it's closer to the first, then leave your husband with your brother. Put him in charge of your brother. Keep your brother away from women. This sounds like the best idea if your husband can manage it. How much slack should you be cutting your 44-year-old brother? Well, it sounds like you already cut him quite a lot. So it all depends whether you want things to stay as they are or you want things to change. I think you're not sure. 
On the one hand, you definitely don't want things to get worse. On the other hand, I don't think you want to actively instigate change. Otherwise, you would have considered drastic alternatives already, like cutting your brother out or confronting him about his antisocial behaviour. So what to do? I think you need to sit down on your own without your husband or anyone else's input and think about what you personally really want. Would you feel better if your brother didn't come to this dinner? Sod what your mum thinks. What do you want? It's absolutely your right to say you don't want him there. You can make an excuse if it makes you feel better that you just want to do things differently this year or you feel like a change or you feel like having your mum to yourself. Best of all, as I've suggested on Dear Viv many times before in other answers, be non-negotiable. Say, this is what I've decided. It's not open for discussion. It's happening like this. If you don't like it, tough. So that is one option. Think about what you want. And if you find that you don't want him there, cut him out and do it cleanly and mercilessly. You could think of it as an experiment. You're doing this to see what happens. Nothing is irreversible and you're not saying that you'll never have him round ever again. The other option, though, is to invite him and try to be more relaxed. That is going to involve change of some kind. If you behave in the way that you've always behaved, you will most likely attract the same outcome. So there are other ways to experiment here too. You could consider saying to your brother, you're welcome at ours, but there are ground rules. If you break the ground rules, you either leave or you give me £100 or you pay for all the wine. Make it so that it's something fun, but make it non-negotiable. Or you could say to your husband, I really need your help. You entertain him. You take him to the pub for at least two hours of his visit. Basically, do whatever you need to do to make this visit more fun and more bearable for you. That is what is missing here. What's in this for you? Find that thing and focus on it and magnify it. It will make the visit better for you and that in turn will make things better for everyone. What is the most selfish thing you can do? Definitely do that. Personally, I would slap him round the face with a plant pot Harvey Weinstein had masturbated into, but possibly that option is not open to you. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, I always feel the need to drink alcohol to the extreme to cope around my husband's family. I'd like to get through the festive period without getting wasted in order to make it through the day painlessly and avoid embarrassing myself. Do you have any tips? Oh God, this is the million dollar Christmas question, isn't it? How to survive family members without being a total alcoholic, right? Uh, Let me start with a disclaimer, just in case this is a serious problem we're talking about, because we know when we have a serious problem, right? If it is and that's why you wrote in, then you need to go and have a look at drinkaware.co.uk. They have a lot of tips and resources. On the other hand, speaking from personal experience, I have been at every end of this solution, so I at least feel I have some kind of experience I can bring to this. I have been in family scenarios where I've sat there and thought smugly to myself, I've cracked this. The answer all along was Aperol Spritz. And then there have been other moments where I've thought, 
I'll just make myself a seventh Virgin Mary. Then everything will be fine. Maybe this time I'll put in five ice cubes instead of four. Crazy days. And I've had times when I've had to lock myself in the toilet because I am very, very drunk and crying a lot. So let me just say that I have experimented on your behalf, and it has not always been pretty. So what are my tips? You ask. My main tip, after many, many years of trying and failing to answer the question, is getting wasted at Christmas a very good or a very bad idea? Real answer depends on the demands of the Christmas. My main tip is to choose a strategy. Make the strategy as detailed as possible and stick to it. It must be a strategy that makes you feel happy and excited. If you choose a strategy that makes you feel miserable, then you won't stick to it and you will rebel. So here are some ideas of good strategies to choose. Strategy one: agree with yourself that you will drink no alcohol whatsoever, but you will make the most exciting non-alcoholic cocktails known to man. Bring all your own drinks with you. Strategy two: agree with yourself that you will drink alcohol, but be specific. About the exact nature of the alcohol and when you will drink it. So, for example, you will drink two glasses of champagne, one at twelve forty-two p.m. and the other at two o one p.m. At two sixteen p.m., you will drink a weak gin and tonic, and so on. Plan your consumption and bring your own drinks. Strategy three: agree with yourself. This is probably my favourite strategy. That you're going to get totally and utterly wasted and to hell with the consequences. This is a dangerous strategy, but at least it's an honest one. I'm sure there are other strategies, but these are the main ones. I'm not going to tell you not to drink, as that's inviting disaster. You know that the best thing would be not to drink. If you can find a way to manage that and make it entertaining for yourself, then that really is the best way. But it is devilishly hard to make it entertaining. The most important thing, and come on, you know it, we all know it, is recognizing that we all have a tendency to outsource our agency in these situations. Oh, I'm having a miserable time, so I'm just going to drink all these drinks that I don't really want, served to me by a person I don't really like. Sod that self-deluding bullshit. If you want to get drunk, get drunk and do it on your own terms. If you want to stay sober, stay sober. It might not feel like you have a choice here, because if you really did have a choice, you would not be spending the day with these people. I accept that, but you can make choices. Choose your alcoholic drinks. Choose your non-alcoholic drinks. Make them listen to the Archers. Read a book. Take headphones. Take Cluedo. Eat your way through an entire box of Quality Street. Say you're only free to visit for two hours because you have terrible period pain. Basically, this is the moment to reclaim things for yourself by being creative. You can do it. Please report back on your strategy. Others are counting on you. Our next question this week, Diviv. Several months ago, I had a serious falling out with my brother. It was over a trivial thing, but it was symptomatic of deeper problems in our relationship that I don't think will ever heal. I'm fine with us never really getting on, and I have no desire to fix the relationship. Over the holidays, we're having a big meal with our parents and other siblings. It'll be the first time we've met since we had the falling out. 
I'm angry with him, and if he mentions the fallout, which he is likely to, I am unlikely to keep my cool. I don't want to either spoil my mum's Christmas or cry tears of frustration and anger that he can then think I'm weak because of. How can I keep my cool and get through the meal? Oh dear me, why can't people just get on with their families at Christmas time? Why do we all have to see these difficult people at the most emotional and sensitive time of the year when our brains are swimming with Baileys and our bellies bloated with Terry's chocolate orange? It hardly seems right. And so to your brother. So I want to say, first of all, that I love the sentence, I'm fine with us never really getting on and I have no desire to fix our relationship. This is genius. It says it all. And yet... I wonder if you really mean it. If you did mean it, I wonder if you would still have written to me. And I wonder if you would have agreed to go to this meal. The first thing then I'm going to ask you is to be honest with your feelings. Are you really fine with the two of you not getting on? I don't think you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be worrying about losing your cool with him if he brings up your argument. You would just not care. And I think you do care deeply. I'm wondering about the wisdom of you attending this event with him. Is it going to make you feel good? Is it going to make you happy? Wouldn't it be better to make an excuse and let the dust settle? Could you use the opportunity to go out and do something nice for yourself, like go somewhere you really want to go for dinner or take yourself to a spa for the day? I know you'll be horrified at this because you'll think, why should I miss a family event just because of my brother? But I want you to think about what really matters to you and what would make you feel good. I don't think having to see him will make you feel great at the moment. I don't think it's worth going to this event unless you think you can control your emotions. And I think forcing yourself to control your emotions is a huge ask. You say yourself, you just can't predict what will happen. Is it fair to put yourself under this pressure? What can you do to avoid feeling your emotions, avoid getting angry and avoid crying? I don't know of anything you can do except having a massive personality transplant. It seems to me to be a completely unreasonable thing to expect of yourself. Why are you putting yourself through it? If you think you can get through this event by being some kind of Stepford martyr who's able to sit there looking like Mother Teresa over a three-course meal, then you're a better actress than I am. I would want at the very least an Oscar at the end of such a performance. And the only satisfaction you're going to get is knowing that you haven't made your feud with your brother any worse. But neither of you will have solved it either. I would ask yourself seriously what you're getting out of this event and why you really want to go. Maybe a conversation you don't want to have with your brother would answer this question for you. Can you phone him and say, look, I don't want to go to this event because I'm worried that we will argue. Let's have it out now. This is an option, even if it's an unpleasant one. Because the trouble with this event is that by going to it, you may make that conversation happen at a time when you didn't really intend it. So think carefully about what it is that you want, how you can protect yourself and what your true feelings are. If I were you, I would stay the hell away and find a nice harvester instead. Our next question this week. 
Dear Viv, how can I make my New Year's resolutions stick this year? I feel like every year I decide to take up yoga, be better with money, work less and see my friends more, etc. But I look back on the year in December and always realise nothing has changed. I'm still stressed, broke and a few pounds overweight. I feel like I'm coasting along, ignoring the bigger picture until suddenly I look back and realise I'm a year older. I want more control. But this constant cycle makes me feel powerless. Oh, darling, powerless. We are all you. We have all been you. And in a year's time, a month's time, a day's time, we will all still be you. Welcome to the human race, powerless. The good news is I have some very easy answers for you. You need to discover Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen is the goddess of change for all seasons, not just for the new year. I've mentioned her on this podcast many times before. You need to buy yourself better than before. Her brilliant book about changing habits long term and the book The Four Tendencies, the sequel which describes the four personality types that govern all our behaviour, upholder, rebel, obliger and questioner. Gretchen has a fantastic way of explaining why we all adopt self-defeating and self-sabotaging behaviours, why we break our best resolutions and why diets never work. As a result of discovering her work over the past five years, I have personally lost three stone, discovered an exercise regime that suits me, kicked alcohol and sugar for varying periods of time when I've wanted to, and started to get my finances in much better order. So I really know what I'm talking about when I recommend her. It's all about understanding what kind of person you are and why you're holding yourself back. She can explain it all much better than me, but in essence, it's about figuring out what makes you accountable. Some of us need other people to make us accountable. So you might need, for example, a personal trainer or a friend to exercise with. This kind of person is called an obliger. Some of us need to know all the reasons why something is important. So you might need to make a list of all the health risks you're running if you don't exercise. That kind of person is called a questioner in Gretchen Rubin's world. Some of us need to feel like we're doing something exciting all the time. This is my personality type, the rebel. Seriously, it's tragic. Uh, It doesn't sound like you're an upholder. This is the sort of person who makes resolutions easily and sticks to them easily. Good and bad news, most people are not upholders. Gretchen Rubin is, and that is why she is so good at understanding people who aren't. She's mystified and fascinated by us mere mortals. I really recommend all her books and her podcast. She is a genius. One piece of advice uh, in this area that comes from me and from bitter experience Maybe make a resolution to give yourself a break from resolutions. Maybe this isn't your time. Step back and do some investigating instead. Read Gretchen. Read some other things. I recommend looking up Denise Duffield Thomas if you're stuck about money. Her website's called luckybitch.com. Talk to other people about their experiences with resolutions. Let yourself off the hook a bit. Clearly, this strategy for radical change is not making you happy, so change it. 
I wonder whether you need to change or whether you need to look at who you already are and fall back in love with that person, powerless. Stop being mean to that person. Yes, that person is getting older every year, but so are we all. Wouldn't you hate someone if they weren't getting older every year? Love that person, powerless. They've tried hard to change and they've failed and been bad at yoga. So what? This is normal. This is human life. Give yourself a chance to be human. Make a radical decision to not be stressed for a few weeks and see what happens. And seriously, Happy New Year to you and to all Dear Viv listeners. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we we'll see you there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.